This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Bulls are off and running. And Dan and Jason Bernstein are here to keep you up to date with the stampede. You're listening to Organizations Win Championships. This is episode lucky 13 of the Organizations Win Championships podcast. I'm Dan Bernstein, along with Jason Bernstein and our producer, Rick Camp. And I have to say, I'm a little surprised at the result that the Bulls gave us in the most recent game. We've got one uh, typically miserable game and one surprising game to discuss, among other things. The Bulls right now, 23 and 26, still 10th in the East in the NBA and the beat goes on. I I think we got to start with with the the painful collapse first when we were all saying it's happening again as it was happening. It happened worse though. They lost <laughs> by 15 this time it, it, against a worse basketball team. I know the Pacers were without Halliburton, but LaMelo Ball couldn't make a shot and you you seriously had to accept a dagger from Mason Plumley with a tween and then a left-handed jump shot that's how that game ended after being up eight at halftime didn't he switch hands on his actual yeah last season last season because he missed so many free throws they were like you have to try lefty because it couldn't get any worse and he's been i don't know what percentages are but it's definitely better than it was yeah that was horrendous and we knew it was happening when damar was doing too much damar stuff and i um, I am going to stand by my case, regardless of what happened Friday night. I know he had a good game because he had 32 and eight, Great game. but I'm going to stand by it. The bulls are better off without him. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let go of that opinion. This was a really tough one to sit through. And, and it bothered me again that Billy Donovan, after the game, once again, was really lucid and descriptive in understanding exactly what happened. And he says that this got away from us and the ball stopped. And it's I, I just want him to call a timeout and say, don't do this anymore. You're, you're, sometimes it's almost as if he forgets he's the coach, that he sees what we're seeing. And it's like he's sitting with us watching it on television afterward when when we can say, no, you know, tell him to stop. They have to listen to you. You're the guy that just signed the contract extension. So you're not going anywhere. Try to fix it as it's happening. It really, it really hurt to watch. And one play 
was so emblematic of the Bulls when things are going wrong. And it was a fourth quarter, DeMar DeRozan wide open three. Top of the key, just a little bit off to the right wing, wide open. And instead of taking it, he ran himself off the three to take up slack and take a contested two, which he missed, and they went back down the floor and got a three. And I just thought that, in in a nutshell, that was the bad part of Bulls basketball this year. I don't know if you know who um, J. Cole is. You probably do, right? You're not that old. Yeah, so he has a song called No Role Models with a Z instead of an S. Because um, that's so... Because it's edgy. But... Um, there's a lyric that says fool me one time shame on you fool me twice can't put the blame on you so all right billy if you're gonna say after the horrible pacers game all this stuff about we can't stop the ball and we need to continue what we're doing in the first half and then you do the exact same thing so we'll get we we're gonna shame on you for the first time fine we'll get we'll give you that We'll give you that bypass. And then you do it again. You do the exact same thing. There's just no excuse for that. If, if, if you change something right after that first time that it happened, it shows that you're making progress. And that's what we want the Bulls to do, whether it's progress in rebuilding or progress toward being the sixth seed and losing in the first round. And um, you paint such a rosy picture of their future. Yep, I do. It's beautiful. It's it's everything an NBA fan wants in a future, um, but then it happens again. It is it's really hard to look at this team and think that there's any chance that within the next five years they can really be something. It was hard to see a, a team lose to a Charlotte team that at one point missed eighteen consecutive three pointers. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know that that's possible. I, I know there's some weird stats from that particular game. And by the way, if you hear odd noises in the background the we're, we're dog sitting this week and th- this dog talks kind so, of yeah so she's there's all sorts of odd vocalizations going on it sounds like outtakes from something in the millennium falcon with the uh, she's got a chewbacca vibe going on so if you do hear that and you wonder no we're not holding anybody captive in a pit in the basement here but it's it's just maggie right maggie yes Okay, so that uh, after that game, we lamented everything, and we did what we do, and we threw up our hands, and we say, what is wrong with this team? And I think we thought that going into Orlando, they didn't have a chance in hell because of what we've seen all year. And, uh, well, they had a chance. Uh, we, we thought that, all oh, because Jonathan Isaac is coming back. He's going to do what he's going to do. And um, Well, they didn't have Boncaro before, and right, usually yeah, Wendell Carter's and- awesome against them. Yeah, Terrence Ross didn't play, which is interesting because I like Terrence Ross. But um, Cole, Cole Anthony's pretty good, and so yeah. is um, the Wagner brothers. Man, I am—they're scary for years to come. They're like a taller version of the Raptors. Because hmm. if I go down their roster, when you go through guys that are like six nine to seven feet that can move, it's Wendell Carter, Paolo Boncaro. Franz Wagner, Mo Wagner, Jonathan Isaac, Bol Bol, and Mo Bamba, who didn't play. I wonder if like, they're trying that, to trade Ross or Bamba, and that's why they didn't play. That, I, that, they just signed Bamba, though. But that's seven guys that can really move at a very tall height. 
And yep. the, the, that's where the NBA is moving. That's what's going to happen when Wimbanyama comes into the league. I think we might see 16 more of those guys come out the next year. I don't know if they're going to be quite as good because of what, because of the balance of height and skill that Wimbanyama has, but um, they, the Bulls held their own against that team and more than held their own. They yeah, won every quarter. They, this is only the third time all year that they've won every quarter of a basketball game. And yet they almost blew the 25 point lead, but they didn't. It, it looked like some of the same things were happening again. And then they were able to stave it off. But boy, in this, this box score is just insane. Yeah. Like they shot 60%. Yeah. DeRozan, Levine, both had 32 and then Vooch added 23, 13 and six Patrick had 16 and six on seven 11 shooting, which is the, and he had a plus 14. I mean that that's what we want to see out of him. And that's why I want to keep Patrick Williams on the roster because I think he can be one of those athletic wings that can do everything. We were talking earlier about OG and Anobi and anybody on, on that magic team or anybody on that Raptors team, just an athletic wing that can defend many multiple positions and can handle the ball that we haven't seen too much of yet. Cause it seems like he turns the ball over every time, but there's, there's potential. He is, he does have some guard skills. I'm still just disappointed in IO man. He had three points and four rebounds and well, one assist. Kobe White was terrible too. At the, and actually, even though Goran Dragic only shot it. Okay. All of his shots were threes, which I like. And he made two of them, but he stuffed the stat sheet otherwise. I mean, the guy had had four rebounds and five assists. He had a minus seven, six, though. Yeah, but seven points in 12 minutes. I mean, that that mattered for them. It's it, it, I, I didn't think they needed everybody to shoot like they did. There was one moment. I, I don't know if you caught it, and I'm not quite sure how to interpret it. But Zach Levine drives the lane, draws defenders, and he kicks it over into the right corner to Patrick Williams. Williams is wide open. So the defender comes to close out. Instead of taking the shot, Williams passes to Vucevic, who hits a three. So the outcome was fine. It was an extra pass. But Zach's body language, I didn't know whether to laugh or not. Because first I'm laughing because Zach was like, come on, Patrick, that's your shot. Take that shot. And then I, I thought about it again. I made it, maybe he's mad because he doesn't get the assist now. That once Patrick decides to pass up the open shot, now Patrick gets an assist and Zach doesn't. So I think if I'm thinking it, it it's... I think a, it's the latter. You think it's because he's selfish? Or do you think it's the former that he just wanted him to take it? That he wanted I would to hope it's the former. I, I, would, I would rather him say, come on, Pat, make, make that shot because that's what you have to do. That's your role right now. But I think he would be the type of guy to say that I give me my assist because I want to stuff the stat sheet. Um, there are players like that. And I, I don't blame you. They, they want their stats to look good. I'm not going to lie. Whenever I play hockey and they miss a shot on goal after I make a save, I get pretty upset too. So I, I can't say I'm not guilty when it comes yeah, to wanting to mean. stuff the stats, but when it's a, a star player talking to a guy who is young and and he a guy that he wants to mentor, maybe not as much as DeRozan does, which, as we all know, I have a very strong opinion about. Um, but if, if Zach is mentoring Patrick and he's telling him to take that, that's that that'd yeah. be great. And I hope that I, I don't I don't I hope that's the case as, as well. I, I don't know if it is, though, and I don't think so. I don't think so. We're burying I would, the lead. I would hope so. I think we're burying the lead of this game for the Bulls.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. DeMar DeRozan was five for five from three-point range. I'll say it again. Know that with everything we've been talking about on this show, DeMar DeRozan was five for five from three-point range. He only took nine twos. And he had eight assists. Has he been listening to the show? Is that progress? Is that good? Is the idea that, I mean, just, just taking I mean, the not, five. I'm just right, glad he like, took the, let like alone it, making them. I'm just glad he took them. Right. We would expect him to make one or two of those. Fine. And uh, not even, not even two, because there's, I, I wouldn't expect him to be a 40% three point shooter. Make but, one and a half of them. That's fine. Right. So our producer, Rick Camp, said that there are some, there's an interesting statistical trivia quirk in that night for DeMar. You mentioned DeRozan goes five for five. I'm not expecting you to get an exact date or anything. Okay. When's the last time DeMar DeRozan made five three-pointers in a game? Oi. It would have to be. There was one year in Toronto when he shot a bunch of them. I, I'll, I'll say 2018. You nailed it. That last season in Toronto... Oh. Because all the Toronto media and all the Toronto everybody was saying, for the love of God, shoot some threes. He shot 3.6 per game on average. Wow. On that seems fe- like a lot for him. Well, the next year when he went to San Antonio, he averaged 0.6 per game. <laughs> so February 2nd, 2018, in Portland, he had 35 points. He went 6 of 10 from 3 in that game. Now the other thing, since then, since that date, February 2nd, 2018, I used a number just to get some sort of sample size here. What, how many times has DeMar DeRozan attempted six three-pointers in a game? So we're saying base essentially the last month and a half of his Toronto tenure and the five years since, the three in San Antonio and the year and change with the Bulls. How many times has he attempted, attempted six? six threes? Okay, I'll say twice. Uh four times in his career once oh my god wow where why wouldn't you look at that as a revelation well here's the thing with demar if you look at his at his box scores generally or his game logs when he shoots his most threes generally has been the beginning of the season after the all-star break why because there's time off And people are getting at him more about it. This is all just, you know, me just saying this. However, it's kind of been a thing over the course of his career. Hmm. Interesting. It's kind of too bad because I would like, I'm sure the pressure has been on him. That's Rick Camp, by the way, our esteemed producer. I'm sure the it's been on him his whole career. 
he likes taking contestant twos. Yeah. And I just want to say this. Um, the dog pushed open the door to the room that I'm in. Yes. And it was closed. And just she pushed it open and just walked in. And now she is right next to okay. my microphone. And um, it, she's really cute. And now she's looking under the bed for stuff. So hopefully she does not screw anything up. She's leaving the room actually right now. I see her. Okay. Um, yeah. But that is very depressing <laughs> about that. And, oh, I don't want to. Demar depressing threes. I don't wow. know. But I know your headline mind is thinking the but yeah. I can't that that is amazing that he did it in 2018. And only you said one other time. That's crazy. That's wild. That is absolutely wild. Now, while we've talked over these games, there, there were six. He took six or more threes 18 times in it's in that year, 2017, 2018. I wonder what he didn't like about it. Well, hold on. I'm going to see what his percentages were. Um, even even if it's a slightly lower, the production is going to be a 31. But what if he, what if, if he took more, he would make more because maybe it's just a confidence thing. I don't know. I, I really don't know. So 2018. That should have been it. That should have been a revelation. So 20, he was this is what I am now. 2018. His three point percentage was 31. Yes. And he took six great. or more 18 times. That's so somebody got to, somebody coached him. Somebody understood what was going on and tried to do something about it. And I guess it worked well enough. He took 2.7 per year in 2014, which is when he was an all-star. So both years where he took the most threes of his career, he was an all-star. Hmm. Last year, he took 1.9, which is the third most he's taken in his career per game. And he was obviously an all-star. Fourth most was 2016. He was an all-star. And fifth most was 2017. And he was an all-star. So the five years, he's been a five-time all-star. The five years where he took the most in three-pointers per game in his career, he has been an all-star in all of those years. So when he takes more threes, he is more likely to be an all-star. It correlates at the very least. I don't know if it's causality, right. but it's, it I, certainly I, correlates to him being an all-star. That that's, that's kind that's of pretty- alarming. So maybe Demar. Let me not call him out like that. That would be inappropriate. I would like him to shoot more threes, and I think it could help both his numbers and the team. That was very professionally handled, and I think you did a nice job deciding to do it more nicely than you could otherwise have done. Yes, that was my <laughs> that was my un Dan Bernstein like quality. Why 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 I gotta catch a stray? I was just complimenting you because you're my dad. Fine, the, <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. Then you go out of your way to not be nice. Fair enough. Correct. The Alex Caruso trade market. We can only hope right now is heating up. And there's a couple things here. On the one hand, there is a report that I saw on Yahoo. It was Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports, where he said, apparently he said uh, in his podcast that the Bulls uh, would want two first round picks in a trade for Alex Caruso. Now, before we get into that, which first of all, yeah, you pick your jaw up off the floor. But 
Joe Cowley of the Sun-Times is told that Caruso is, quote-unquote, basically untouchable because of how important he is for the Bulls. One source told Cowley, quote, he's the culture. And my thought is, no, he's not. You'd love for him to be. Maybe last year he was a little bit when you also had Lonzo Ball, but he's he's just not. Ideally, he is in a perfect world. He is, and everybody plays like that and has that kind of defensive awareness and understanding of the value of possessions and all of it. But two first-round picks? Two first-round picks? Come on. I'm taking that in a heartbeat. And I don't care if it's a contender doing that. I mean, right now, if Golden State were to do that in the position that they're in, that could be like the 19th overall pick or something if they if they stay on this trend. I don't think they will because, I mean, great teams are going to be great teams, and I still think they're a great team. When you have Stephen Curry, things are always going to be looking up. But in, say they do keep on this trend of just being above 500, and they're a lower seed in the West, and even and if they're in the play and they have a chance to lose, mm-hmm. so like that could be a lottery pick this year. And yeah. this, and I'm pretty sure this draft class is pretty good. So I I don't see why you don't do that. I think that the teams that I saw that were most interested were the Warriors and the Knicks. And I don't care who it is. If I if they are willing to give up two first round picks for Alex Caruso, I am doing that right away. And I do. I, I, I'm thankful for what he's meant to the Bulls, and I certainly appreciate everything that he does. But, right. I but love him. I love him. That, that's a move you got to make. However, he can't shoot, which I think they need more than his defense. And he's also turnover prone. And injury prone. But I don't want to hate too much on the guy because he's he's been fantastic. And what he's meant for the team, especially last season, it was in, – in, it was really fun to watch them last year, and it still has been this year, even though it hasn't seemed as meaningful because they're not playing as well. At this point last year, this is when DeRozan was going on his Wilt Chamberlain run and mm-hmm. first seed in the East. I don't know um, how that happened, and it was crazy, but I, I think six seed last year was appropriate, and I thought maybe the same thing again this year. I knew they weren't going to be any better because they said in the offseason, let's address shooting and rim protecting. And, oh, let's just sign Goran Dragic and Andre Drummond. Um, and one of whom is has been sitting recently be, just with coach's decision, not even hurt. So it's, it's pretty frustrating. I kind of just went from a- talking about Alex Caruso to my Bulls therapy session about talking about my um, status – as a fan, but that's what I mean, this has been. I, that, that, that's, that's, that's kind been. of where we are. That's where we are right, right? now. Right? I mean, they they make us do it because they get us excited for a little bit, and then, and then they, they, they drop they off. And I think these so far these these thirteen episodes of organizations win championships have been in large part if people have been paying close attention. It's functioned as kind of a therapy session. And you know, speaking of injuries and and therapy physically, the Tribune's Julia Poe reported and it's about the way that this is worded here and i and i get it that the bulls are considering the whether or not it's time to shut down lonzo ball which seems obvious because he's no closer to playing but this is my question and this is what i'm trying to figure out if they shut him down 
to to accomplish what? You already had surgery, recovery, rehabilitation that failed. And they tried to ramp him up and he he was too hurt and he was too hurt and he had no range of motion and he was too hurt. So they did another surgery. And now they've had recovery and rehabilitation. And he's hurt and he can't jump and he's in pain and he can't play. So if they shut him down now, I'd love to know from their doctors and their athletic trainers and their therapists to what end shut him down to do what? Right. Uh, We don't know because you said it almost as soon as the season started with Lonzo that it reminded you of Brandon Roy and it like it was the same sort of injury. I mean, not as severe. We we don't know. We don't know. We know it's knee. That's all we know. And, um, well, it, let, let's say it is, and we know what happened to him. And obviously we know what happens to good bulls point guards and knees. And it is, it, it sucks because that type of player is exactly who they're missing right now is a three point shooter who can defend one through three, one through four. Yeah, and I'm not, can, I'm not allowed and, to go to the bathroom. This is we know that, but we and everybody we know he's exactly what they need right now. Yeah, and and no one's really even. I think most. Although, how are, many more games does he win this team? And to say the season restarted and he was fully healthy, what's their record? Like, if he were to play all the games so far, well, he doesn't play all. Here's the thing: he doesn't play all the games. Even okay, when the misses seven. Let's say he misses seven. Like, how many more wins do they have? I think they probably avoid some of these horrible losses. Maybe, right. maybe, maybe five better. He can give you he can give you fourteen points on efficient three point shooting as well as you know six assists and two steals. I think that's it, a really it, good it, question. That really actually imagining if they had a reasonable version of him, how much would they bet? Right, because last season he was he was great in that first half, and it it he matters. Yeah, but I, I promised not to do this. I swore not I, to do this. I I and didn't. So I'm. It. I don't care. I never. I never made you do it. I'm just. Ta- I'm speaking my mind about it. I, I guess you'd have to also look at the effect on the rotation. It's not just the minutes that he's getting. That means you can. You're not overextending Io. That means you can pick your spots with Caruso. It 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 would change a lot as far as the 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 load on everybody else and the matchups with everybody else. But I can't I can't go there. See, I started started out by being uh, we're reconciling the fact that he's not coming back. He's not playing this year. I'd be shocked if he's no. ready for next year. Me too. I, I really just, would. On, on the path that on the trajectory that he's been he's been going for a while or trajectory he's been. I don't know. I and I don't knowing. I I don't know what I'm saying. But on, on the trajectory he's been on, I don't know how to phrase it. But um, he it doesn't look like he's going to play. We have no. We have a reasonable play. person would not Sorry, look I at anything. Talk. Right. I'm saying a reasonable person would look at everything that's happened and would would not believe that he's coming back to play anytime soon until there's other news. Until there's any any reason to think otherwise. Yeah. The upcoming games for the Bulls, Clippers tomorrow. This, these are all home. They got four in a row at home. Clippers, Hornets Thursday, Blazers Saturday, Spurs Monday. 
I expect them to win two of those games. I think they'll beat the Hornets. Um, and I think they'll beat San Antonio. I don't see why they shouldn't. However, they have a history of losing to bad teams and beating good teams. But I don't see how they're going to be able to defend the Trailblazers with um, their two-headed monster with Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons. They also have Yusuf Nurkic, who is a walking double-double, former Bulls draft pick, actually. And the Clippers are the Clippers. When when you have star power like that, um, and one of the two of the best two-way players in recent years, one of whom who is a two-times finals MVP, two-time finals MVP. I don't know what you're going to do against that team, but I think they they should beat the Hornets and they should beat the Spurs. That's that's what I expect to happen. I always like to know with the Clippers when they get here. I wonder why if the Clippers. I don't know because they've had they've had a history of of some some clunkers when they're in Chicago an extra day. That was. I don't know. I mean, that they're not the only team, but sometimes if they and eh, it's early in the week. I don't know. It just, it just I, I don't care. I don't, I don't care if they're hungover. I still think they'll win. <laughs> there it is. Uh, let's go now to the organization's win championships college showdown. Let the record show last week. I finally had a day. Finally. I believe it was my first three for three. Mm-hmm. It was. That's all I get. Just, yeah. yeah. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Our records in the college showdown, Jason, is 31 and 5. I am now 16, 18, and 2. I was awarded another tie. Okay. 16, no, 18. at one point. That wasn't that wasn't that wasn't last week because no, you I went was three and oh last week. No, yeah. okay. All right. So who goes first? You fire away. I will fire away. So, these are current NBA players, players currently on rosters. Knicks guard Quentin Grimes. He went to Houston. He did. New Orleans forward Najee Marshall. Ooh, that's a good name. Did he go to... No, he didn't go to Bama. Shit. Oh, crap. Oops. Am I allowed? <laughs> yeah. Am I allowed? Yes, it's a podcast. Um... <laughs> Uh, Colorado? No. Where? Xavier. Okay. All right. And lastly, Thunder forward Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Oh, okay. Yeah, he went to Nova. Yes, he did. Villanova. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You got it sounds, like a, it sounds like a song. Shit. Oh crap. <laughs> or, or, or just or just an Irish or an Irish guy's name with O apostrophe crap. It's not a compliment. <laughs> Alright, you fire away. Rick said or a terrible cereal. <laughs> Alright, let's go with uh journeyman forward Tim Thomas. Tim Thomas. Interestingly enough, he also went to Wait, Tim, it was a bull, an expensive bull. Did he go to Villanova? He did, yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, the reason why I pulled that name was because I was watching a Kobe story about how when he was, Tim Thomas was the number one player in the country in high school and Kobe just annihilated him because of 
him being the number one player in the country. Sure. And so, so yeah, okay, yeah. Villanova. All right, let's go with Seattle SuperSonics and Cleveland Cavalier center Michael Cage. Oh shoot, Jerry Curl. Michael Cage was awesome. Whenever you go, oh, he's awesome. He played for this and this. You don't know who it is. No, I, I love Michael Cage. I don't know where he played college. He he looks like he went to uh, Texas A&M. He went to San Diego State. Okay. And last but not least, former Bulls forward, Dave Greenwood. David Greenwood, uh, number two overall pick out of UCLA. Yes. He was a great college player. Boy, what a bum-ass pro, though. Man. Wasn't that he, averaged like 12 points? He, he averaged 12 points in his career or something. Wasn't that the Magic Johnson draft? Didn't they lose out? Because Bird, got, Bird, Bird and Magic yeah, were not taken at the same time. I'm pretty sure that was after yeah. the 79 Final Four. And the Bulls yeah. were bad. And they it ended was, up. The playing career was 1980 to 1991. Yep. And they ended up with David Damn Greenwood. He it, over his career he averaged like per game 10, 8, and 2 on 48% really? from the field. Yeah. Okay. 77% right. from the line. His rookie year, he averaged 16 points. I don't, I something just didn't stick in that regard. Maybe he he's a terrible player. His first, his first five years in the league, he averaged above 10 points. And then he did it one more time as a spur in 1987. Okay, good for him. I guess I, I sorry, David not, Greenwood. That's not a terrible player. Sorry, he I won a title him. in 1990. I apologize for underrating David Greenwood. I think okay? he accepts your apology. Yes, fair enough. All right, now if you like this podcast, like it, rate it, review it, subscribe to it, be a part of our OWC family. That is episode 13. Thanks to Rick Camp and thanks to Maggie the dog for not making yes you for not making too much noise and bothering us. So appreciate it. We'll talk after another few Bulls games.